countdown to the last comic shop in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. America is an irradiated wasteland. Within it lies a city. Outside the boundary walls, a desert. A cursed earth. Inside the walls, a cursed city stretching from Boston to Washington, D.C. An unbroken concrete landscape. 800 million people living in the ruin of the old world and the megastructures of the new one. Mega blocks, mega highways, mega city one. Convulsing, choking, breaking under its own weight. Citizens in fear of the street, the gun, the gang. Only one thing fighting for order in the chaos, the men and women of the Hall of Justice. Juries. Executioners. Judges. It's impossible! I never broke the law! I am the law! I'll be the judge of that! <laughs> I, I don't get Judge Dredd. <laughs> oh, man! Welcome back to the last comic shop. Oh, jeez, that was great. Oh. Tried my best Urkel. It's been a few years. I think it worked. I judge that as a pass. <laughs> I judge that as something. So, we're opening the shop this week and we're talking Judge Dredd. That's right. Something for the newbies and for the oldies that remember British comics from the 80s and 90s and... Or was it just 80s? I think it's 80s. Well, it's, 80s. It's, it's actually still been going on, and like our show. And I'm the host of the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and J.A. Scott. And as J.A. alluded to just a few seconds ago, we are doing Judge Dredd. All Judge Dredd on today's program. So if you're a fan of the judge, here come the judge. Because <laughs> I'm excited. Like, Judge Dredd is a character that I really, really love. A lot of my comic book influences growing up all basically came from my older brother. Whether it was my love of Spider-Man, whether it was my love of Fantastic Four or the Avengers, all this kind of stuff came from him. And I remember being very young and just seeing him walking around in a Judge Dredd t-shirt because back in the early 80s, Judge Dredd was like the hip, cool thing. I would ask him, what's that? And he's like, Judge Dredd. And I was like, yeah! So I'm very excited to do this week's show. Uh, we're reviewing a uh, collection of Judge Dredd stories that were collected in something called Judge Dredd Classics, which is, again, different than the original 2000 AD anthology book that they originally appeared in because they've been colorized. Uh, unlike being in black and white, which they were originally. And this one's called Dark Judges. And we're going to start off the show by talking about this actual comic book before we've got more Judge Dredd action later on in the show. So, Chad, who did this collection of uh, issues that were collected in this Dark Judges book? Okay, so it was originally published in Prague's magazine, issues 149 to 151, 225 to 228, and 416 to 427. We've got three stories, as that uh, breakdown alludes to. We've got Judge, Judge Death, 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 
written by John Wagner, writing as John Howard, with art by Brian Bolland, colors by Charlie Kirkhoff, and letters by Tom Frame. The next story is Judge Death Lives, written by John Wagner and Alan Grant, writing under the pseudonym T.B. Grover, uh, art once again by Brian Bolland, colors once again by Charlie Kirkhoff, and letters by Tom Frame. And then the last story from the Judge Anderson Four Dark, Dark Judges, Judges, written by Alan Grant and John Wagner. This time, John Wagner was T.B. Grover. Art by Brett Ewins, Cliff Robinson, Robin Smith. Colors, once again, by Charlie Kirkhoff, and letters by Tom Frame. Okay. Oh, the reason why John Wagner and Alan Grant used so many aliases was because they were writing, like, the entire 2099 line of books. And so they wanted to make it seem like there were more people there than just the <laughs> two of them. <laughs> Uh, and this was collected, as we mentioned, in 2018 from IDW Publishing. There you go. All right, J.A., why don't you give us the 10-cent synopsis of what happens within these three stories, all featuring Judge Death. Judge Death and his compatriots, Judges Fear, Fire, and Mortis, they have come from Dead World into the living world, into Mega City One, intent on spreading their brand of justice around Mega City One and cleaning it up as they see fit. And what they think is that all of life is a crime. So anyone who is living has to be judged and therefore killed. And what we are given then is uh, various stories of how Judge Dredd then Judge Anderson and then just Judge Anderson for the last bit is trying to defeat these corporal ghost-like demon entities as they go around sticking their hand through people's hearts and killing them. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like a weird way to kill anybody. Like, he just... Well, he does, at one point, he does a karate... He karate chops a judge and, like, chops his arm. I, yeah, it was... Uh, I did not know that this was originally in black and white. Um, had I known that, I probably would have gone looking for the original black and white. I might have liked it better. It's my pick this week. And the reason why I picked this particular collection is because I felt like not only is it in color. So I think it's a little bit more digestible for any uh, new reader coming off the street. That's never read anything about judge dread, but it puts judge dread against a pretty comic book kind of villain. If you read other Judge Dredd stories, like there are not characters like Judge Death. It's easier for people to get their heads around that kind of concept. You're like, oh, yeah, I I read this all the time where, you know, the equal but opposite, you know, the Spider-Man and the Venom. And so like that's why I picked it. And uh, I guess my initial question to both J.A. and Chad is, I mean, you guys aren't huge Judge Dredd fans like I am. Did you enjoy it? At all? I had issues with the whole undead reality and uh, the dead world because I thought it smacked up against what I had read, which was that it was sort of post-apocalyptic future stuff with a little bit of psyops mutinism thrown in. But this was so over the top, I felt. It was so into Ghost Rider land that it took me out of the book a bit because I'm used to Judge Dredd going up against like, you know, evil drug dealers and corporations or something, sort of a cross between RoboCop and Road Warrior. 
and this is not that. <laughs> yeah, and my my exposure to Judge Dredd, and even the, the writers, uh, Alan Grant and uh, John Wagner, came in the early '90s when they were writing Batman comics. But you know, it was Batman running around beating up thugs, and then they did that really cool crossover with Judge Dredd. Oh yeah, and uh, so that part was always really fun. But it, as you mentioned, Jay, this is like, if you like Ghost Rider, but think there's too much nuance, <laughs> then Judge Dredd is for you. <laughs> wow! It's a virtue of these stories, though. They're very over-the-top and oversimplified. And Judge Death is basically bizarro Judge Dredd. Only instead of saying, me, I'm number one, is you know, gaze into fear or whatever. Uh, whatever. But, uh, yeah, and it's juxtaposed by the beautiful Brian Bolland art, which he's one of those artists where, you know, I was so used to getting him as just a cover artist to see him doing interior work. Wow. It's awesome. You don't get that every, you know, every day, but man, the stories are definitely very light on depth. Anything really at all. I think that is a fair assessment. I mean, again, I'm putting on my rose-colored glasses when I look at Judge Dredd. I mean, I've been a fan for for many, many years. And for me, uh, the thing I like the most about Judge Dredd is similar to what I I like about Silver Age and Bronze Age Avengers or whatever. They're, They're simple stories. They're usually done pretty quickly. And for me, they're somewhat of a palate cleanser in between, like, uh, more serious stuff that I might be reading. I'm like, oh, I'll just read a couple of Judge Dredd comic books. I hate to say it, even though there's a lot of death and destruction and killing and, and, and running around and violence, you don't have to really think too much about what's going on. You can just kind of enjoy the action. It's like, I don't know, watching Commando from the 80s. You're just like, I, I just want to veg out and, and watch an action film for a little while. And I'm, I'm sorry. You know, there are scenes in this particular collection which are just great. And I I will fight anybody that doesn't love that scene where basically he's going up against Judge Fear. And (laughs) Judge Fear looks at Judge Dredd right in the face and goes, Gaze into the face of fear. And he goes, Gaze into the fist of Dredd. And puts his hand right through his fucking skull. Yeah, I dropped it. I dropped it on this show because that's how awesome that panel is. That is one of the best panels in comic books, period. Just flat out, just intensity and like testosterone. And you just go, yeah, you know, it's 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 great stuff. And, and that's all Judge Dredd really is. It's like watching an 80s action film. That's all it really is. And so if you go, if you're coming for more depth than that, I mean, I, I think you're coming for the wrong things when you reach Judge Red. I think. No, for sure. I, I definitely, it scratches an itch, and it's a very macho itch. But uh, what surprised me about the story, because I, I know Judge Dredd, and you'll see Judge Dredd like pop up every now and again, and Judge Death is always the, the villain associated with him. But he seemed like much more of a Judge Anderson villain than a Judge Dredd villain to me in this story. He gets trapped in Anderson's body for how long? They come out and it's, it's Anderson who's dealing with him. Anderson who has those psychic powers becomes like a symbiotic relationship. But it's it just surprised me that the connection didn't even really seem to be there with Judge Dredd nearly as much as it was with Judge Anderson. I wonder if that's 
sort of uh, just a result of the Judge Dredd character being so, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but, you know, you can do a lot more with Anderson because she's a bit more complex. She's got the psyop thing. She's doing some other stuff. Like, Judge Dredd's always got to be, It's he's kind of like the, like Superman. Very hard to write for because he's basically unstoppable Arnold mixed with Stallone mixed with every other action hero where Anderson you've you've got a little bit more gray that you can play with and as a writer that's more interesting to write to I also got that sense that I mean and part of it is the the last couple stories were just really and uh, Judge Anderson focused right and two I think it it probably plays well to have Anderson in the middle you know, as the balance of the scales, you can see things through Anderson's perspective a little bit. That little extra nuance that you're not going to get from Judge Dredd. You're definitely not going to get from the, the four dark judges. Like, they're just there to stand there and be menacing and be like, no, I'm fire. Look at me. I And, and kill fire. people. Kill a lot of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they have that stupid bizarro statue like, here's where the last life was taken. You know. And, oh. I will say this, like in this particular collection, we got to the final story, which is pretty much about all about Anderson and Judge Dredd plays very little into that. And that was actually the only story coming into this collection that I had not previously read. And boy, did I hate it. <laughs> I really did. Like, I get why, why is that? I, I get Judge Anderson. I understand why she's there. And it's, it's important to have other characters other than Dredd in this particular universe because Dredd can't do everything. And Anderson is kind of an interesting character. But boy, was she stupid. I mean, she goes into Dead World, like, looking for Judge Death. and She like, was affected by all that time Death was at she her doesn't, Yeah, she the, the whole, the whole, the whole yeah, I, I will agree. The whole, the whole setup is like, I was such a stupid rookie cop. But then she, after that, after she releases, like, the, the plague on the world, then she becomes super cop and is, you know, figuring out how to kill them all. But... She wouldn't have had to do that if she hadn't been so stupid at the beginning. Exactly. You can't call that stupid when the first story is resolved by her enveloping herself in plastic boing spray <laughs> and being entombed for That years. was the best. Yeah, that's like carbonite. <laughs> Come on, we just did that, that Valerian thing before. That's that's carbonite. That's awesome. Like, I don't know how she's alive still. Like, they didn't explain that. They were like, oh, we're just going to cut her out of that stuff for the second story. And Anderson's okay. But yeah, she was like Snow White in her little cube of like waiting for Judge Dredd to like give her a smooch or something. I, I, boing spray. When does it boing? <laughs> I didn't see any boinging. I just saw Stasis laying there in the supreme sacrifice, put the wreaths on her. Woo! And that's the, I think that's the major reason. I'm not going to say that Anderson's a bad character. I think that she works really well when she has somebody like Judge Dredd to play off of. Because then you get like that good cop, bad cop, which is something that we all can kind of get behind, right? We all know that trope. But at the same time, like, because she was so dumb at the beginning of that story, it just kind of blew any sort of credibility that she had that she was going to be like later on when they're like, yeah, we're going to, she's going to figure out everything. I'm like, no, she was dumb enough to let this happen to begin with. I, I, I just don't buy it. I, I felt like it ruined her as a character from that. Yeah, she point was suspended on. for like five panels. They were going to send her to Jupiter and then she figured out how to kill somebody. So then she's not being sent to Jupiter anymore. Exactly. Maybe, and that's me. I, I, I am coming for Dread. I am coming kind of for that nonstop action. And it's really, 
like when you have a character like Judge Dredd that is pretty much unstoppable, you have to put him up against an enemy that is a credible threat. And Judge Death is that, because what is he but death? <laughs> For the first time, you see a little bit of weakness and vulnerability with Judge Dredd because he's got to go help, ask for help. And that's why I think this is an intriguing story, at least the first two books. Well, even Judge Death, they undercut by the fact they don't give him shoes. They look so sad. They show that one panel of him in his bare feet that he's getting ready to do his little finger poke of death. Like, <laughs> I feel like they really could have ratcheted Judge Death up to make him more impressive. He's got that cool look up top. You know, he looks real menacing. He's got that that grill with the little spiky parts, like, and that grin, like, oh, that's great. He can't get a pair of boots. Come on, man. How can he be threatening a bare feet? Yeah. I mean, Judge Fear had the bear trap that he threw at people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judge Mortis with that, like, cow skull or whatever it was, like horse yeah. skull. That and was... Fire got his little poker. Like, everybody else has a cool weapon. And I guess that's my, my question. The other reason why I like these particular issues is is to what Chad alluded to earlier. You get the Brian Bolland art, and you get all the Brian Bolland designs of these characters. Like, come on. Regardless of how, like, one-dimensional and stupid sometimes the, the Dark Judges are, they look awesome. Like, that's a, a really great look. You know, the one guy with the grill face and, like... No, I can see those designs still being aped in DC's Dark Knight Metal. Like, it's a hard-hitting action aesthetic. And I think that's what Judge Dredd is about. You you know, we said it earlier. You're not coming to Judge Dredd for nuance. You're coming for action. You're coming for machismo. You're coming for just balls-to-the-wall fun. And I, I think they're, they're doing their best to provide that here. And the Brian Ballin stuff, it's simultaneously scary and beautiful. And it's he's one of the few artists out there that can be so close to photorealistic, yet at the same time still have a life to his art. So many other guys in that vein have a hard time capturing. So he's a master of his craft. Yeah, I, I would be very interested in seeing some of these panels in the original black and white just to see how they hold up. If black and white brings out uh, sort of more of the grittiness of some of the art, I think it sometimes does. I think uh, colorizing what sometimes have been original black and white can be more accessible. But at the same time, it takes away from the rawness of it. And some of these pages, I think, would just be really good black and white, add a little bit more darkness to it. Okay. Well, hopefully our ratings for Judge Dredd, the Jark Judges, won't be too dark. Hopefully some of them will shine some light on this particular collection. Uh, J.A. usually gives us a nice one out of four scale for every uh, comic book we review on this show. So, J.A., what is our scale for this week? Well, that one's easy. We're going to judge this book on judges. Ah! One out of four judges. There you go. Get out your gavel sound effect. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start off with Chad. You know, I've wanted him to read Judge Dread with me for a really long time on our podcast. So, Chad, did you enjoy this experience or not? So, it is a very particular experience. It scratches an itch for sure. Character designs are fun. The art is beautiful. The story is so dumb. So dumb. I have, I have a really hard time getting over. You you have all of these hyper-violent elements, and you juxtapose that with a story that was just so oversimplified. As much as I want to love it, and as much as I want to be like, yeah, it scratches that itch, it's fair to Midland. I'm going to give it 2.5. Okay. 2.5 judges for Chad. J.A., what do you say? Yeah. 
I don't want to echo what Chad said, but it, it's sort of like John Wick meets Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I I could not get into the Dark Judges. It I don't know. It turned me off. I wasn't ready for that that aspect of the book. I think I needed something a bit more grounded in realism. It it's two judges for me. All right. Well, of course, given it's my pick and that I'm a big Judge Dredd fan, I, I can't give this less than a three. Uh, it's not a four. I don't think I've actually read uh, a Judge Dredd comic book that I've I've been blown away by because, again, they're simple. They're the nothing in here is like Watchmen. Nothing in here is like Contract with God or something. This is watching Predator, and Predator is awesome when you're in that mood. And I'm in the mood sometimes for Judge Dredd, and I just love to read it. That post-apocalyptic, that super balls-crazy action, and a dude that can just put his fist through death. That's awesome to me. And so, like, this is a three. And it's a three primarily because of the first two stories in this. Like, again, when you get classic Judge Dredd versus death, and you get Anderson, and that great art by Brian Ballin, that's what you come to this collection for. The Judge Anderson story, it's a nice add-on. It kind of gives you a little bit more depth into Anderson. But boy, do they make her really stupid to begin with. And as I mentioned... I think she was done an injustice compared to the first two stories by making her kind of be dumb enough to go to Dead World and be like, yeah, I'm going to end Judge Death for our ages. I don't know. And that's why I think in this particular collection, it's not a four or even a three and a half because you do have that story. And it was kind of a little bit of a slog at times to read. But if you've never read Judge Dredd, I think this is a great collection because it's in color. I think it's got a really good villain in Judge Death. And uh, three issues, and then you're done with it. One thing we're not done, though, with is The Last Comic Shop. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks with the review of the Dread movie. Yes, more Judge Dread action coming at you. Stay tuned. Did the Iron Fist Netflix series leave a bad taste in your mouth? Are you caught up in the hype of Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings? Have you ever wondered what these characters' true origins and adventures are like, but you don't have the time to read through hundreds and hundreds of issues? Then subscribe to the deadly podcast of Kung Fu, where I, JVD, traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artists in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. Each week, I break down a story arc and discuss the good and the bad within the pages to save you hours of reading through comics so you can focus on the best of which each character has to offer. New episodes drop every Wednesday for you to listen to on your way to your local comic book shop to pick up your pull list. Hi everyone, I'm Nerd Bomber. And I'm Tectic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our Watch Pile Review. Yes, where we watched a movie that had to deal with the comic book that uh, we read this week, and we are going to be reviewing the Dread movie. But let's not undersell this. This is a modern classic. 
Yes! Much of a hard time as I just gave the comic book we were basing it off of. This is an underrated sleeper. It came out in 2012 as Judge Dread 3D, and like they, they were trying to push all the 3D effects at that time post-Avatar, and it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, but I will say this, without giving too much away about my initial thoughts, I can honestly say that the Dread movie is in my top 10 comic book related movies of all time it is one that i could watch a thousand times i think it's so well done and as we'll get to in this review boy there's a lot of reasons why i think it's it's one of the best comic book accurate movies out there on the market but in any case let's get really quickly a list of some of the folks that were involved with the dread movie just in case you haven't seen it so day a who was involved with this awesome project? Okay, so Dread came out in 2012. Uh, it was directed by Pete Travis off of a screenplay by Alex Garland. It starred Carl Urban as Dread, Olivia Thurlby as Judge Anderson, uh, Wood Harris as one of the gangsters, and Lena Headey. She was the main villain. And then you had a nice little cameo by a very young Domhnall Gleeson. Oh, wow. I think I missed that. Who did he play? He's the computer guy. Oh. But yeah, 10 cent synopsis, Chad. What, what happens in the Dread movie for those folks that haven't seen it yet? Okay, so Judge Dread is in Mega City 1, a post-apocalyptic, uh, whatever. He is uh, assigned a brand new rookie sidekick who didn't quite pass all of her tests, but was close enough in Judge Anderson. And he lets the rookie pick which crime they're going to go out and judge. And so they end up in the city block where everything is self-contained. And that city block just so happens to be run by the evil Mama Gang, led by Mama uh, Lena Headley from Game of Thrones fame. They are peddling a drug called slow-mo that makes everything go in slow motion and add some cool 3D effects. And basically, once Dredd and Anderson are in the building and starting to investigate things, they take one of Mama's uh, henchmen hostage. That causes Mama to lose her beans because she does not want this guy being taken down into the station and questioned. And so they lock the whole block down. And it is the entire city versus Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson have to run the gauntlet throughout this building. There's a kick-ass techno beat underneath the whole thing. Blood spray. There's people getting shot everywhere. And it's Zack Snyder's wet dream. Uh, it's a really fun movie from start to finish. I don't know. I think that's enough. It's Judge Dredd. You don't need a lot of the nuances here. You're not going to get them, but what you are going to get is a kick-ass action movie. Oh, yes. And here's the one-cent synopsis for Dredd. It's Judge Dredd meets the raid. But instead of trying to get out, they're trying to get in. But um, you're absolutely right. This is, uh, again, uh, an action tortoise from beginning to end. And uh, for those folks that uh, may have only ever seen maybe the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie... One of the biggest things that I loved about the Dread movie here is the fact that Dread doesn't take off his helmet throughout the entire thing. Like Sylvester Stallone was too big of a star and they needed to see his face all the time. But that is not Judge Dread. You do not see the face of justice. 
Justice is faceless. Justice is unrelenting. Justice will come for you regardless of whether you want it or not. And so the fact that Judge Dredd keeps his face hidden throughout all of this, just as a fan of not only the character, but of the concept of what Dredd represents, that drumbeat, that eventuality that justice will prevail. I I just, I, I can't get enough of it. Carl Urban in this movie, perfect dread. Folks that like that show that he's on now, The Boys, think he's a great as Billy Butcher. Like, you haven't seen anything until you've watched him play dread. In fact, one of the greatest injustices of all time is that they didn't make a sequel to this or any other series because Carl Urban as dread, I could have watched that forever. And the thing about Carl Urban as dread was, he wasn't selling Carl Urban. He was selling Judge Dredd. Unlike Sylvester Stallone, who, as we alluded to earlier, like he wanted his face on the screen. You know, Stallone wants to get his name out there. Urban had total commitment to this character. You didn't see Carl Urban at all. You just saw Dredd. Yeah, that's what I loved about it, too. Because, you know, I mean, it was a Sylvester Stallone movie. And Dredd, you know, I mean, Carl Urban, he's a, he's a movie star, but he's not um, on the level of what Sylvester Stallone was when they made Judge Dredd. So you're selling the movie on Dredd, the comic book character, the story, and then the, the actors and actresses come later. And just to go back on that, now I remember where I know Wood Harris from. He's Avon Barksdale of The Wire fame. That's why he played ah. such a good gangster. And that's why... When he gets arrested, everyone's worried because not only does he know what's going on in the Peachtree Tower complex, he knows all about the towers on the west side (laughs) down in Baltimore. (laughs) Oh, man. But you know what? The other thing that I love about this movie, not only the terrific casting for, say, Judge Dredd, and Anderson is wonderful. She brings that toughness, but also that perfect audience surrogate, that person that's like basically learning the ropes with dread, being that person that's vulnerable, being that person that has to their hero journey, because dread doesn't have a hero's journey in this. Like it's Anderson that has the hero's journey. She's going in to fight the dragon and comes out the other end as a changed person. She decides that she doesn't want to be a judge in the end, even though she's actually a pretty damn good one, but then she becomes a judge. Yeah. She passes. She softened Dread up, where even though she failed one of the strictest protocols by losing her weapon, which should be an automatic fail, Dread still says she passes. He's learned. He's gone on his hero's journey through this. Okay, all right. All right, well, then Judge Dread goes on a hero's journey, too. Uh, but I will say this, that the other thing that I really love about this particular movie is, again, the choice of directing and the choice of using the slow-mo drug in this particular movie to accentuate certain scenes, especially some scenes, people being pushed off of balconies or having Dredd and Anderson break into a apartment and they have a firefight in slow motion. You get a comic accurate movie because those are what you see in comic panels, bullets going through people's faces, doors being kicked in through explosions. You see that in a comic panel. That's what we're used to as comic book fans. We're used to seeing action displayed one second at a time as panels progress. And so the slow-mo allows us to be like, yeah, 
this is how a comic would would look on the big screen panel by panel right well two things one you mentioned the direction before we go too far even though the movie was credited to pete travis it was actually alex garland the screenwriter who was the director on the film it was his first directorial experience which didn't come out until like 2018 or so carl urban slipped it in, in an interview and i don't know though if it was as much about it being comic accurate as much as those slow motion scenes were about being badass i was not lying earlier when i said this was Zack snyder's wet dream where you know how snyder always tries to put things into slow-mo just to make it cool like Judge Dredd does that. It's like, no. And we've got the plot point. We've got this drug that slows things down so we can justify it. And what better way to do that than slow motion water drops or blood spray coming at you? Uh, I, I just think they took an opportunity in cinema at that particular time and were working with the tools they had. And like, honestly, for me, I think Dredd works better as a movie character, as a badass 80s movie action star. But I do think he works as a cop. So I was watching this with EJ because I forgot how violent and how much swearing <laughs> there was. It's was, was like, that's all right. It's good for a 15 year old. And, you know, you can make. Oh, well, this is a little bit more violent than I remember. I don't remember all this language. You know, he'd watch the first couple of scenes. OK, I've seen that before. I've seen that before. But then the flop house scene where the door explodes and you see the the pressure wave ripple across the guy's chest oh. and stomach, and he his jaw hit the ground. And this is a, you know someone who's seen everything that's come after that, uh, and has been raised on uh, Zack Snyder, Justice League, and all the Marvel movies. And to see something so in his mind so original uh, was great. So watch it for that scene alone. One thing I will say, this is one of the things that a lot of critics picked up on. It is hyper-violent. It, it's not just a violent movie. It's a hyper-violent movie. There is scenes of people being skinned and uh, arms blown off and all the guts and entrails and sinewy bits. And it's not for the faint of heart. Yes, it's very visceral. Um, it's great. And another thing... Uh, we haven't touched on, but, you know, coming off of the three hour long The Batman, this movie clocks in at like an hour 35. Yeah, that's another Love reason it. why it's one of my favorites is because you can watch it multiple times. Uh, you know, I think I've watched it at least 10 to 15 times now, and I get something a little bit different out of every time. But again, I feel like with this particular movie, it also is a, is a universe that feels very lived in. You get the Mega City one in this. Like, it seems like a real place with real people. Not all the judges are good people and, and things like that. That feels very lived in. Exactly. There's no ghost judges coming out and killing people with their hands. It- right. How heartbreaking was it whenever that one woman, they break into this woman's apartment and they're like, we need to hide. And she's like, I'll hide you, but only because my husband's out there looking for you. And I don't want him to get hurt. And then Anderson, like, touches her or whatever and finds out, oh, no, that's the guy I shot three minutes earlier. It's just so they they mix in those human elements with those visceral elements of seeing the bullets go all the way through and everything coming out and the ooze and the blood spray. And then, like, the -the over-the-top stuff and then just Judge Dredd being a cool cucumber 
Yeah, and 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 then the script I think also is really good at it having those humorous elements. Like they're in the elevator, and Judge Anderson is say, he's thinking about reaching for your gun. Judge's like, uh huh. He's decided he doesn't want to reach for your gun anymore. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Judge Dredd has some of the best lines in this. My my personal favorite scene is the scene where he gets he gets shot through the wall. He's laying there. The one cop comes up to him. And he goes, wait, the great Judge Dredd is asking me to wait. Anderson comes up behind and shoots him. Wait for her to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, you wish you were that cool in real life. You never will be ever. Even on your best day, you will never be that cool. Like, do you ever feel Dredd is going to fail? But I don't think that's a detriment to this movie. There are times when it's like the the tension's ratcheted up. There's a lot of stakes against him, but you never feel like he's going to fail. It's just, he's going to succeed. I'm just waiting for it to happen. How is it going to happen? Yeah. When that bullet went through him, I thought he was going to (laughs) fail. But no, you don't get that kind of deadpan humor outside of the 80s action movies anymore. Maybe John Wick. There's a hole there that this movie filled, and I was so sad that it didn't get more attention it didn't get more of whatever it was that it needed like you you, you gotta know going into this this is not your family friendly disney movie but uh I, i'm certain there's an audience for this oh anyone who loves i mean the fact that you have a gun that can pick different kinds of rounds and when he's almost all out of empty all you got is high explosive so he blows the guy's head away with a high explosive round wow and, and, and that's so great. Like from the gun. Incendiary. Yes. Go go for it, Dread. I am the law. And unlike when Sylvester Stallone says it, when he says it, it's effective. This is the inevitability. You do not f*** with order. Order yeah. will eventually f*** with you. And that's... Well, we've been gushing about uh, Dread and Carl Urban and even Anderson. But let's talk about Mama for a second. She was genuinely terrifying. Yes. That, that Lena Headley, she knows how to be like, no, I'm going to tear you apart bit by bit. We'll skin you alive and throw you down 75 flights. But first inject you with slow-mo so that all 75 flights for you last in eternity. Oh, yeah. So yeah, she, cruel. I mean, but that's what you have to have. Again, Dread works best when you have a credible threat, like somebody that can meet that intensity. Like you, with a character like Dread, you have to have somebody that can bring it. And you know, Henley's uh, mama brings it. She was always a threat. There was never a time where she wasn't a threatening presence on that screen. Yeah, but again, you know, but I you'll go back to it. It's that drumbeat. Even with a threat like that, it's just the eventuality that Dread. <laughs> We'll walk up those steps. He will eventually get to the top, and that's it. Game over, and you're waiting for that scene. I think your drum beat is just the 2000s techno beat that was going underneath this. It is awesome. It is awesome. It is the perfect soundtrack for this particular movie. But let's get to ratings real fast. I think this is going to be a really easy one for most of us. I hope at least we'll go with judges again for this particular one. It worked for us for the first segment. So Chad, how many judges you give in dread? I mean, once again, this is a very particular itch. Like you need to know what you're in for whenever you're going into this movie. 
And if you are not down for that thing, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So I will caveat my pick by saying this is not for everyone, but for the people it's for, this is a four out of four banger. I haven't had a beat that enthusiastic or, or that exciting in a movie since Run Lola Run, which made me excited about a movie in German. Like every little bit from the screenplay to the actors to the the sets. I know Jay was going to talk about costume design. I don't know if we got to that. To the over-the-top moments, the small human moments, everything blended in so well. It was the perfect combination. And even coming from a time where movies were focused on the gimmick, and they put that slow-mo drug in there, and they incorporated it perfectly. I don't think this movie could have been better made considering what it was about. And as I, I said earlier, honestly, after seeing it, it makes me think that Judge Dredd far superior as a movie franchise than he is as a comic book. All right, J.A., what do you think? How many judges you given it? I'm appreciating the uh, Franco-Potent shout-out there from Chad. <laughs> love me some Lola Rent. So, what I love about this movie is they did sort of like what the MCU does with some of their movies now. So they took the character design. As you said, he keeps his helmet on the whole time. The helmet is very comic book accurate. Uh, but the rest of the costume... Unlike the Sylvester Stallone movie where the helmet was sort of not comic book accurate because you have to be able to see more of Sylvester. But then the, the costume was very cartoony and like bad decks, and, 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 but with massive shoulder pauldrons. In this one, the, the costume is much more sort of urban realistic. Uh, you can see that padded. It looks like it's Kevlar lined. It's not quite comic book accurate, but it looks like it could work in the environment that he's living in. So I really loved sort of the modernization they did with the costume design in Dread versus Judge Dread, which I think we all agree is a very bad movie. <laughs> Agreed. From running time to concept to sort of the straightforwardness of it to the incredible action set pieces i mean we didn't even talk about that scene in the middle of the movie where lena and and her crew basically blow away half the section of the tower block with uh, recycling gatling guns except for dread because of running they've got <laughs> gatling guns taking out an entire city block but dread is like nope i'm running away and he gets away with it. yes so I'm going to give it a four out of four judges. It's an hour and a half. If you need that hyper-violent action itch, this is your movie. Oh, yes. I will give it five out of four. This is so great. This is so wonderful. And you talked about the Gatling gun scene just a few seconds ago. J.A., one of my favorite parts where Lena Headley's like, nobody could survive that. What does Judge Dredd do? He walks out very deliberately very directly with her number two hucks him on down like 75 flights like here's your guy i'm still alive that was your best shot it didn't hit that unrelenting drumbeat of justice because in this movie he goes up 95 flights and has absolutely no business in living and the folks that did the badness They'll get their just desserts. And that's what it's about. And that's why you watch it. It's because it gets to the heart of what Judge Dredd should be about. 
the triumph of justice over injustice. And, well, it's and even that's what a, a wicked, unrelenting justice. Think about that hobo at the beginning. Right. Where they're like, all right, this is a crime, but we have other things to do. So like, you, move. And, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't. So he gets killed by a building <laughs> coming down on top of him. That's the justice of Judge Dredd. This is Mega City One. That's right. This is a harsh reality. And in a harsh reality, you get harsh justice. In any case, we've got harsh recommendations. Nah, they're nice recommendations, but they're right after these messages, so stay tuned. Welcome to Making Nerds Cringe with Matt and Thad. And we're a podcast that retells comics' greatest stories. Poorly? Yeah, not too good. Well, we're out to have fun. That's true. It's full of uh, adult material. That's right. Shenanigans. That is correct, man. Inappropriate humor. You betcha. And a whole lot of other stuff that we're struggling to not say because it'll be bleeped out. That's right. Hey, give us a quick example. Well, for one, Galactus gets in an argument with a cashier. Oh, yeah. I remember Dr. That Doom episode. becomes a pimp. Oh, sh- The Juggalos appear in a couple of episodes. That's right. They keep popping up. Why? Tune in to find out. That's right. And don't be rude to people who make your food. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and, well, it's under Making Nerds Cringe, every single one of them. So please, give us a follow, or we will follow you home and notify yourself when we release things, because that's what a good person would do. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our recommendations. Yes, in addition to covering both the uh, Judge Dread comic book and the Dread movie, which you can probably pick up at a comic book shop, maybe. I mean, at least the comic book you can. I don't know about the movie. We're going to give you other things that you can pick up. And, of course, on this particular show, we've got a similar book, a current book, and a book out of left field. And we're going to go ahead and start off with our current pick, and that comes from Chad Smith. So, Chad, what do you got for us in terms of a current book? Okay, so mine is going to be just as mindless, just as over the top, and only slightly less hyper-violent. I'm going to go with G.I. Joe, a real American hero Saturday morning adventures miniseries, which is a book been put out by the longtime Ghostbusters team of Eric Burnham and Dan Schoening. It's coming out through IDW before they lose the G.I. Joe license here at the end of the year. But it is just like an episode of the old G.I. Joe cartoon, complete with the uh, PSAs in the back. Like there's one where a kid is stealing a comic book and runs out of the comic shop and meets Snake Eyes. And then he's like, geez, Snake Eyes, how's it going? And Snake Eyes just stares at him. He's like, why aren't you talking, Snake Eyes? He's like, you're right, Snake Eyes. Stealing is wrong. I'm going to go take that comic book back. And it's just, it's so fun and silly and ridiculous. But the the basic plot is, in the very first issue, Cobra Commander has the Dreadnought steal this fancy artifact. They hand it over, and he immediately destroys it and opens it up. What's inside but Aladdin's lamp? And so Cobra Commander gets three wishes. And his first wish is for world conquest. And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. He's like, all right. So my second wish, five giant bats. So, like, if this were an episode of the cartoon, you could totally believe it. Uh, it captures that spirit so wonderfully. Big dumb fun, similar to Judge Dredd, an only mildly different itch that it's going to scratch there. But if you're a G.I. Joe fan, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, the Saturday Morning, Saturday morning Adventures, uh, it's top-notch stuff. 
All right. Well, you you mentioned similar to Judge Dredd, and I'm going to do the similar book because it's not similar to Judge Dredd in terms of my pick. It is Judge Dredd. Uh, for those folks that maybe wanted some more Judge Dredd after listening to my glowing review uh, of our Judge Dredd Dark Judges uh, comic book earlier, I'm going to recommend that you pick up Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 2. <laughs> Now, volume one, but volume two with a variety of different people. A lot of who's who uh, of 80s comic books worked on this. Pat Mills, John Wagner, Brian Boland, Dave Gibbons, Mike McMahon, uh, Brendan McCarthy, Brett uh, Ewens, uh, Gary Leach, Ron Smith, Chris Lauder, all of them worked on this particular. And again, it is a collection of, of stories that appeared in the 2000 AD comic book. Uh, in fact, 2000 AD puts out this particular collection. And it, for those folks like J.A. that want stuff in black and white, this is in black and white. So it's not been colorized. But the reason why you pick up this particular collection is because it contains the Cursed Earth storyline, which is one of the first major multi-issue story arcs that appears in Judge Dredd. Uh, as you may or may not know, based on watching maybe the Dread movie or anything else, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic world that Judge Dredd lives in. He lives in Mega City 1, which is on the East Coast, and there's other Mega Cities like Mega City 2. And in this particular one, uh, Mega City 2 has a plague, and Judge Dredd is asked to take a vaccine from Mega City 1 on the East Coast to Mega City 2 on the West Coast. So he's got to walk across the cursed Earth, which is the rest of the United States inhabited by tribes of cannibals and giant dinosaurs called Satanish uh, and just great stuff. So it's, it's, it's an anthology still. Uh, it's a variety of little short stories and vignettes that are basically tied together by this overarching story of Judge Dredd walking across the United States to Mega City 2. But I think it gives you a good cross-section of the entire world that Judge Dredd lives in. And uh, again, if you like Dark Judges, if you got that Judge Dredd-ish and you want to learn more about the Judge Dredd world, then again, pick up uh, The Complete Case Files Volume 2 and read that Cursed Earth storyline because it'll fill in the rest of the world. Uh, in any case, uh, J.A., speaking of out of this world or out of left field picks, what do you got for us this week? Well, it is out of this world. It is out of left field. So if you are interested in sort of that future dystopian type storytelling, sort of what Judge Dredd has a bit of, similar to like a Blade Runner, I'm going to recommend the graphic novel Altered Carbon Download Blues. Uh, this is based on the characters and world created by Richard K. Morgan, the author, who wrote three novels, uh, Altered Carbon being the first one, around his hero Takeshi Kovach, who is an envoy in this future world where the human consciousness has been digitized into a puck that people put in the back of their neck. The idea is that uh, the body is just then a skin or what they call a sleeve so that everything that's in your head, basically what makes your soul, all your memories, everything can be digitized into this puck. So as long as you're not shot through the, the neck by a bullet, the body can die and they can just take the puck out and, and upload you into another sleeve. And this has made interstellar travel fast because instead of having to get on a ship and, and go to places, you can 
beam digitally your conscious from one place to another. And so Takeshi Kovach is this character who's been specifically trained to basically have his consciousness beamed from one puck to another halfway across the universe. And then the all the books, there's three novels, there's Netflix show, this uh, graphic novel is basically him uh, sort of as a detective in, in this one. He, it, he starts out being asked to try to figure out uh, what looks like a basic murder. It spreads out and it's crossing worlds and corruption is involved. So if you like science fiction with a noir twist, sort of the Blade Runner type stuff, this would be perfect. So uh, as I said, it's based on the characters and world created by the author Richard K. Morgan. This story was by Rick Hoskin. Uh, with art by Farron Salaris, uh, colors by Vinicius Andrade. Uh, it's put out by Dynamite Press. Really good graphic novel. There you go. And uh, we hope that you tune in for more really good Last Comic Shop episodes by rate, reviewing, and subscribing uh, over at our website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. To a place where you can find all those podcasting links to all those services that we are on, including YouTube. Make sure that you check out our YouTube often. We've got unboxings of action figures as well as comic books, as well as awesome reviews with independent comic creators doing pretty cool projects. And if you want reminders of those things, check us out on the social medias, namely Twitter and Instagram, where you can find us at Last Comic Shop. You also will catch up on daily uh, comic book factoids and cool Golden Age covers to help put you to bed. Or you can see what we're picking up uh, each week at the comic shops, or you could vote in our weekly polls. All that more waits for you. Uh, at last comic shop with the social media and once again if you need help getting there you can always go back to the home base which is our website www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com where they can also find what ja oh always have links to our merch store we've got t-shirts we've got tote bags coffee mugs and this week only judge helmets oh. yes that's right don't go to your local comic book shop without picking up a last comic book judge helmet. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, I, 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 I've got mine coming in the mail, and once I get it, I'm never taking it off. You'll never see my face again. <laughs> I think I am the law. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if this is good or not, but uh, hey, we are the last comic shop podcast. We don't want to be the last comic shop, though, so we encourage everybody to get out there to your local comic shop where you could find things like Judge Dread Classics, The Dark Judges. Or you want to continue that Judge Dread fix, you can go with Judge Dread, The Complete Case Files, Volume 2. So you can read that Cursed Earth story. Uh, if you want something a little bit lighter, maybe you're going to go with the G.I. Joe Saturday Morning Adventures that just came out this year. Or you could also check out from 2019, The Altered Carbon Download Blues. You can read the graphic novel and check out that show on Netflix. You can let us know what you thought of it. Uh, all that stuff and more sounds pretty awesome. All right. And uh, what sounds awesome is coming back next week. Until then, I was the host of the most, Andy Larson. I was joined by Jay Scott and Chad Smith. And remember to stay safe, stay lawful. And the one great thing about Dread versus Judge Dread is it still has 100% less Rob Schneider. Because I hate that guy. Making I... copies. <laughs> the old Robinator. Oh, who thought that was a good idea to put in a Judge Dredd movie? Oh, be the judge of that.
the last comic shop was a 2022 Black Angus production.